Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross from the future. I'm recording this about 170 episodes in. We're currently in June 2023 and I just thought I'd record an introduction to my earlier episodes for the simple reason my sister was at breakfast the other day in a cafe and she overheard a lady saying to her friend, I have just found the inner work conversation. It's really, really useful. I'm going to go right the way to the beginning and work my way through the episodes. And it immediately made me want to try and contact this lady who I have no idea who she is and be like, no, don't do that. Because this this podcast, it's been going for a few years. And during that time, I have grown. I have changed. I have evolved. I have grown more confident in my abilities and in my competence, not just in my podcasting abilities, but also in what I do with my clients. I've become much more sure about who I best work with, who I best serve, and how we can best have conversations around the topics that are meaningful to the people who I work with. And so it makes me want to go, oh God, no, listen to the more recent episodes. That's where you're going to get your best value. That's where you're going to get your best insights. And it also, to be honest, makes me go, oh, in those older episodes, I sound different. I sound different because I was trying really hard. I was trying really hard to be liked and accepted. I was trying really hard to find my place in this in this space. And I think it comes through. I think that you can hear that. And I'll be honest, there's some old, old episodes that I've gone back and I've thought, oh, that, that's made me cringe or I actually disagree with myself. And so it leaves me with the question, why wouldn't I take the old episodes down? And my simple answer is this. As we all navigate life and business, we all evolve and we all grow. And there is always going to be an older version of us that we wish we'd have said things differently or we wish we'd have done things differently. Like for example, at the beginning of my business, I wish that I'd have been much more confident in who I worked with and how I can serve them and really back in my own, you know, opinions around certain things. But I can't go back. None of us can. None of us can go back to a previous version of ourselves and rewrite time. And so I'm leaving all of my older episodes in for one reason only. And that is because I want you to take these older episodes and take them for what they are, a demonstration of someone growing and evolving and learning in public. And I I say all of this and I introduce this episode with the hope that that not only inspires you, but also helps you to give yourself permission to grow and evolve and learn in public. So many of us just won't put ourselves out there for fear that it's not going to be good enough and you know it's not going to be right and when i when i listen back to my original my my initial podcast episodes it's not good enough and it's not right by my standards now but it was back then everyone has to start somewhere we all have to start somewhere we can't just rock up to something and be who we want to be or have the quality that we want to have from day one. So with what you're about to listen to, please, please know that as these podcasts, as the numbers roll on, the more me you will hear me get, but that's the more me now. Yeah. And that's not to say that there isn't value and insight in these older episodes. It's just letting you know that this is my version of growing and evolving out loud. So with all that said, let's get into the episode. (laughs) 
Welcome to episode 18 of the Inner Work Conversation, a podcast with leaders like you in mind. I'm Nikki Cross, owner of Thrive Life and Business, and in today's episode, I'm sharing eight tips with you to help you with procrastination that you can go and apply to your life and your business. It's currently the end of March 2021, and reflecting back on my own growth this month, and the growth of the leaders that I work with on a one-to-one basis and inside my group membership space Thrive Together, I can definitely say (laughs) that this is a topic that is impacting many of you right now. So I really hope that you can take some real, some tips from this episode that are really helpful to you. Of course, as always, I'm diving into all things inner work with the objective of helping you to feel empowered and reassured that you are totally not alone. But before I dive into the episode, I want to extend the invitation for you to head on over to tlb.org.uk forward slash TT checkout and check out Thrive Together. The link is in the show notes and the doors are wide open, ready to welcome you in. So without further ado, let's dive straight in. A hot topic this month with my own coaching clients and my clients inside Thrive Together has been boundaries. Boundaries with saying no to other people and boundaries with yourself. So one of the outcomes of having grey boundaries or not upholding your own boundaries is that we can often take on this identity as a procrastinator, which is exactly what I want to talk about today. A lot of people procrastinate And a lot of people would label themselves as a procrastinator. And so I'm assuming if you are listening to this episode, this resonates with you. So inside Thrive Together, which is a membership space I've created for leaders, I run weekly power planning sessions. And inside of these, we talk often about the way that procrastination comes up for different people. And I thought it would be a great place to start with identifying how does procrastination show up for different people. One of the first things that I talk a lot on is the fact that procrastination often comes up as a way to avoid fear. So that could be fear of rejection or judgment or the fear of failure. It can often drive us to just not want to do anything at all. Or there's procrastination to avoid the boring work that just doesn't interest us, but it has to be done. But I also see procrastination showing up for people as people-pleasing. So the need to be liked or the need not to upset anyone. And therefore, what we do is we put off our own tasks because we are taking on other people's maybe. So I see that coming up a lot. And again, that links back to the fear of rejection. And lastly, which is probably going to be the weirdest one for you to hear is procrastination to avoid feeling good. Yeah, you heard me right. Gay Hendricks, in his incredible book, The Big Leap, he talks about something called the upper limit problem. And if you've been tuning into my other episodes, you will have heard me talk about this before, but I see it play out all the time when it comes to procrastination. I see it when something is going well in, let's say, four out of five areas of your life. 
you'll procrastinate on the fifth area and potentially sabotage it, which circles back to giving yourself evidence of not being worthy or not being good enough for it all to be going that well, which is what Gay would refer to as the upper limit problem. And because of this, we as humans don't like to prove our brains wrong. So if we inherently believe that we don't quite deserve the success maybe, or it shouldn't be this easy, we won't prove our brains wrong. We will do everything in our power to prove our brains right. So that's how I see procrastination coming up a lot. And I reckon that there'll be at least one or two in there that you'll be able to relate to. And so with that, I wanna dive into the tips. But before I do, I do wanna point out, I only ever teach or coach on things that I know work. So that'll either be from my experience in supporting my clients or usually through my own experience or a bit of both, to be fair. And so because procrastination and boundaries are things that have really cropped up a lot this month, I thought it would be a great topic to cover in my own personal review of the month because can you believe it, we're at the end of March. Um, And on that particular topic, I only ever coach or train on things that I have either really closely supported other people through and therefore feel equipped to train or coach on it or usually something I've been through myself. So everything I'm about to tell you are tips that I know work. So let's dive straight in. I have eight tips. And tip number one is assess which problem you'd rather have. So procrastination can cause you a problem, but so can doing the thing. Which problem would you rather have? And I know that sounds really simple and possibly quite frustrating because it's obvious, but it's a very valid point. So if I take the example that I'm avoiding something because I'm scared I won't be good enough to be able to do it, the problem that doing the thing causes me is potential shame. So if I fail, if I do it, if I do the thing I've been procrastinating over and I do it and I get it wrong, then I'm potentially opening myself up for a shitload of vulnerability. So that's the problem if I do the thing. The problem if I procrastinate over the thing is it could cause me guilt, shame, overwhelm. It could cause me to not progress things in my business, you know, so there are practical problems that it will cause. So you first need to realise that whether you do the thing or you procrastinate, Either way, you're gonna have a problem. It's just about which problem you would prefer to have. I personally find it much, much easier to think through this kind of stuff when I am not in the moment, when I am not in the procrastinating moment, but more so when I'm journaling in the morning or when I'm power planning, which is why we include this as part of power planning. One of the questions that we ask ourselves is, what could trip us up this week? And so there is a reason that we are using that question at that particular time and not in the moment that we're procrastinating, which is something I'll talk more about a little bit later on. The second tip is assess and decide what your identity is when it comes to how you work best. I reckon that the reasons so many of us say, I'll do it tomorrow, or this is a a huge one that I hear a lot, I work better when I'm under pressure. I work better against a really tight deadline. We have adopted this identity where we've told ourselves that we only perform well when we are under pressure. 
And I reckon a lot of us have taken this identity, probably going all the way back to school. Think about coursework, think about your six weeks holiday. When did you get things done? Was it as soon as you got them or did you pace yourself really well? Or did you leave it to last minute and then cram? And I think for a lot of us, we have allowed that identity to mature with us. And sometimes, you know, I have to look at myself and think, Nikki, you're 30 fucking five this year. You are not in school anymore. And actually, the thing that is at stake here is not your grades, but real life stuff that you actually really care about. So what I do with this one is I think of my calendar like I'm booking in meetings with someone else. Just to give you like a a visual on this, I use my Google Calendar and when I'm power planning, if I've got something that I procrastinate on or I've noticed has been on my to-do list for a little while and I'm not getting around to doing it, I think to myself, I would never, ever, unless it's an absolute emergency, I would never cancel on a client. And so why do I do this to myself? Why do I allow myself to not keep and uphold the commitments that I have made and so that's why I I actually book, not just block book the time, but I actually book a meeting in with myself. And that is the time that I'm gonna do the thing. And that is normally way before the deadline because I know that that is work that I have to do on my own identity, which is I work better under pressure. You also need to consider what is this doing for your health? Seriously, I know of times where I've left things right up until the wire thinking, oh, I'll just do it on the day that it's due. And because unexpected things happen in life and in business, which I'm sure you can relate to, that then means that in the final hour when you're trying to do the thing that you've procrastinated and left until the very end because you've got an identity of I work better under pressure, You've now got even more things to do that day. But this stress isn't good for you. I cannot tell you the amount of Fridays that I have physically left my laptop, but mentally I am still there. So I'm not enjoying that time either for myself or with my family because I've put the thing off and I've put the thing off and I've put the thing off. And now all of the other things have had to be bumped. And so in my head, there's still this massive to-do list still to do. So... I am asking you to consider your identity here. I'm asking you to consider if you are a person who says things like, but I do it better under pressure, or yeah, I do always leave things to the last minute. I want you to consider, is this identity really serving you? Or are you just defending your procrastination habit? And the last point on this is look at your beliefs. I mentioned before about the belief of working well under pressure, but you might also have the belief that if you didn't work hard for it, then you don't deserve the success that comes from it. Or to put it another way, working hard is the most important thing. So when it comes to things being easy for you, but having really successful or maybe profitable outcomes, you have to ask yourself, are you making this hard for yourself so that you can feel worthy? So I know for me personally, it's a little bit of both. I know that there is a part of me that has identified with no, I do work well, I work better under pressure. And I also know that I was raised by two very hardworking parents who very much valued hard work. And so if something comes easy to me and I'm getting good results from it, I also know that I can sabotage that by making it more difficult than it needs to be. But I know that there might be identities and beliefs that you might be holding that might be adding to your procrastination habit. 
And obviously it goes without saying, everything in these tips that I'm mentioning here, they're not standalone, you know? It could be a combination of all of the things that I'm talking about today. So what I really want for you is to be able to pick up on the bits that really apply to you and in seeing yourself in these things and the tips that I'm sharing, be able to pick up on those tips that are gonna be the most impactful for you and apply them to your life and your business because that's the point, isn't it? You know, it's great listening into a podcast and going, oh my God, she's just described me and being able to relate to that and resonating with it. But it's even more important when you do identify yourself in what people are saying in books, in podcasts, that you take action on that afterwards because that's the thing that is essentially gonna create positive change. Their tip. So tip three is stop defending your procrastination habit to mask the real problem. So for this one, I'm gonna pick the two most common real problems I see. The first one is defending the procrastination by picking busy work. And therefore what you're doing is justifying the procrastination because you've got proof that you're doing productive work, you're being productive, in the time that you're putting the things off and therefore you get to say, but I'm just so busy. I understand that you're busy. We are all busy. There is always so much for us all to do. And if you let it, the the to-do list will never end. It will just keep going and going and going and going. Meaning that you can use the excuse of, I don't have time as your reason for putting the things off that you have committed to doing or that you actually want to do, but you might be a bit scared of doing them. And the second real problem that I see come up a lot is people pleasing. If you have a team or if you have people in your life that you care about, what can happen is you can procrastinate by saying yes to them and feeling like a hero and you're saving the day because you're not letting them down, but then also being really resentful towards them and feeling like a victim because you're not getting your stuff done. Yeah, and this links back to the beginning of the episode where I was talking about boundaries. This is why boundaries and upholding healthy boundaries are a really key element of procrastination. So get real with the reason that you're avoiding the thing. I've picked two of the main ones there in terms of picking busy work or people pleasing. But I know if I reflect back on this particular month, March 2021, for me, I finally sorted out getting an accountant for my business. Now that could sound like the most basic of things, but I wanna share with you the reason why I put that off. (laughs) For me, I decided a long time ago that I wasn't good with numbers and that, and also in setting up the business, you also come to realize quite quickly that there's terminology that you really must get used to quite quickly, (laughs) like dividends and all of that good stuff. Anyway that was causing real stress for me in in my business and for me personally in my life. So why was I putting it off? What I realized when I reflected on why I was putting it off is I was putting it off because in facing it and actually getting an accountant, I had to say out loud and face the confusion and the embarrassment and the intimidation of being a business owner but not understanding the basics that I felt I should shame, 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 should, should, should. And once I'd shared this with the accountant that I am now working with, she reassured me that yes, it's empowering for me to understand it. And it's definitely something that I am becoming more accustomed to. But I thought it was fascinating 
personally, and I wanted to share that with you, that when we think we should know something or when we think we should know how to do something, it can often lead us to procrastinate about it because we don't want to admit to the world that actually I feel like I should know that and I don't. And in doing the thing, it's going to show that I actually don't. So I want to keep that hidden. So I hope that that story... I always share stories in the hope that it makes you feel not alone and that you can hear in me that I am also someone navigating through all of the things too. Um, so yeah, I thought that was really interesting reflecting back. Okay, so the fourth tip is discipline and simplify. So again, I'm, I know I mentioned power planning a lot, but it's so effective for making sure that you are being intentional with your time. When it comes to discipline and simplifying things, one of the things that we talk about in power planning is for each day of your week, just pick in one to three key things that you have committed to getting done in that time and block booking time for the same kind of tasks. So those two points really go hand in hand. For me, what that looks like is at the beginning of my day, I know which three things that I am gonna commit to, but I've also block booked my time, so discipline and simplify, I've also block booked my time to make sure that those things get done. This for me has definitely come from a um, magpie, I like shiny things, place. (laughs) I have had to train myself. It doesn't have to be new to do the fucking thing. It doesn't have to be a new day. It doesn't have to be a new week. You don't have to have a new workspace. You don't have to have a new journal. It doesn't need to be with a new client. Whatever the novelty is that you are attracted to that is making you procrastinate, new day, new week. I'll do it when when I feel like I've got a clean slate. I want you to know that with discipline and with simplifying things, you can give that clean slate to yourself whenever you like. The thing that I always try to remind myself of when it comes to practically getting things done is I trust myself to be able to do the thing in not perfect circumstances. So when it's two o'clock and I've procrastinated the day away, it doesn't mean that I need to leave it till tomorrow to start afresh and to do it. Or if I have eaten shit up until lunchtime, it doesn't mean that I need to wait till tomorrow to start with my healthier habits. So just that discipline and that simplification of just picking a certain amount of things that aren't overwhelming and making sure that you are block booking the time for those things without the need of a new day or a new week or a new workspace or whatever new thing that you want can be really powerful stuff. Okay, tip number five is sprinkle in some accountability. Accountability works really, really well, particularly when we are avoiding shame. There's a certain few types of accountability that I absolutely love to do. And they are, I like to tell someone else what I'm doing. If I'm putting something off, yes, as I said in tip four, I will simplify it and I will block book the time in my calendar. But if I wanna sprinkle in some accountability on that as well, I will also invite someone else to that calendar entry. And that's when you know shit's going down, is it? (laughs) If you've ever received a calendar entry from me where I've said, this isn't for you to do anything about, I just need you next time you speak to me to say, did you do the thing? Did you, that thing that you booked in my calendar, did you do that? That's me saying to you, can you help me? Can you make sure that I, you ask me about that next time, next time we speak? So that's the first thing is like, tell someone else 
hold yourself accountable. If you have a team, tell them. Yeah, tell them. If you have a team, a lot of leaders think, oh, I can't possibly show the team that I'm a procrastinator or I'm procrastinating because I don't want them to procrastinate. But that's the beauty of leading. The beauty of leading and having a growth mindset is being able to turn around to your team and say, hey, guess what? I'm human too. And I procrastinate over things too, but I'm just not going to allow the procrastination to overcome me or overwhelm me. And therefore, team, I am telling you that I've been putting something off and I want you to all hound me about it. That would be so helpful. Thank you very much. (laughs) So yeah, like teams can be absolutely fantastic for this if we can just get over our own ego. Another accountability thing that I like to do without getting anyone else involved is I like to time lapse it. This is great if you're a content creator as well because it's a bit of a two for one in that you can use it as a piece of content to post, but you can also make sure that you're not being distracted by your phone. So I set my phone up on its little stand and I will time lapse the half an hour I've booked out to do the thing. And I don't know why it works. I think it's like in a weird way you feel like you're being watched. It's really weird. Now I said that out loud. It's really quite strange, but I promise you it works. Even if you're not going to post it on social media, that is like visual evidence to yourself that you have done the thing. So not only do you get to the end of that half an hour and you've done the thing, but now you've got proof of it. Look at you on that video doing the thing. (laughs) So yeah, weird, but it works. By the way, on the social media thing, Sometimes I will also use my Instagram audience as accountability. So I will say to them, if you see me on Instagram today, can you do me a favour and kick me up the arse? Or um, I will announce that something is going to happen on Instagram and that holds me accountable. So for instance, Thrive Together. I announced that Thrive Together was going to be launched on a certain date and I'll be honest, I was absolutely shitting myself that I was going to have it all ready in time. But I genuinely do think that if I hadn't have announced it and drawn that line in the sand, I don't think that I would have I would have launched it when I said I was going to. So yeah, there's a great example of sharing and having that accountability out there. Tip number six is know your distractions and prepare for them. A lot of advice out there when it comes to procrastination is resist your distractions. And as you all know, what we resist persists. So instead of resisting your distractions, when you know them, you can prepare for them. If you notice for you what makes you procrastinate, if it's food, make sure that before you're going into the thing that you've been avoiding, you eat something substantial. If it's leaving your desk, then go for a walk and before you go for that walk, have your desk set up ready to do the thing that you were procrastinating over. If it's scrolling on social media, as I said before, put your phone in a holder and record a time lapse. So it's like we prepare for the distraction instead of resist the distraction. Most of the times the things that we wanna use to procrastinate are really appealing because they take us away from doing the thing that we don't wanna do. So when you make the shiny thing lose its appeal, it's harder for it to be shiny. For instance, if it's the food one, I know that one of the things for me when I'm bored and I've got to do boring work, I'll go and grab a snack. And you know, you you have to think to yourself, 
that snack only seems so shiny because it's, I'm trying to get a dopamine hit right now because the thing that I'm about to do is boring the living shit out of me. So when we understand what those distractions are and we prepare for those distractions, it means that we are gonna be less likely to need to resist them in the first place. And the last thing on this particular point, on point six, know your distractions and prepare for them, is just a bit of an SOS one, which is if you haven't prepared for your distraction, list it instead. So when I'm doing something that's particularly boring, and I haven't prepared for the distractions of going and getting a snack or leaving my desk or going and doing the washing or scrolling or whatever it is I've decided to procrastinate on. If I'm not prepared for it, I'll just have a scrap piece of paper to the side of me and I'll list it. So in preparing for this podcast, I was like, oh, I better go and get a coffee. No, 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 I'll go and get a coffee once I've prepared for the podcast episode. So I'll just write down coffee on my list. Or if it's like check Facebook or check bank account or scroll on Instagram, instead of actually physically doing the thing, I will just write it down. Yes, I literally mean like check bank, look at Instagram. I actually write those things down on my little scrap of paper. And then as soon as I've done the thing that I'm, I'm sitting down to do, I will then do the things that are on my list. And normally what I find is once I've done the thing, the things that are then on my list that came up in my head, my brain going like, go and do this, go and do that, go and do this, go and do that. I don't even wanna do them. I don't even want to go and get a coffee. I don't even want to go and sort the washing out. I don't want to do the things that my, I don't want to check Facebook or my bank. It was just my brain pushing an urge towards me. And I also think that this listing really helps if you are a person who says, but if I don't do it straight away, I'll forget it. Someone actually came onto one of my posts on Instagram recently and actually said that in their comment. I'm not a procrastinator. I am someone who does everything right now. And I think one of the one of the reasons why we do that is because we're worried that we'll forget the things that are on our minds. And I think when we realize that it's as simple as just bloody write it down, <laughs> just write it down, actually take the time daily to get intentional about what the day is gonna look like for you. Then you realize actually this is a trade-off. I can either do all the things straight away or use my time intentionally, but I can't do both. So be aware, be aware that you will have the urge to procrastinate because your your brain is giving you the urge and it's not always gonna feel great. <laughs> Sometimes focusing on your work or the thing that you've been procrastinating and putting off and putting off and putting off, when you actually do it, it might feel boring, you might feel restless, it might feel vulnerable, and we've been procrastinating to avoid those feelings, okay? So you have sort of got to sit with that and acknowledge and accept that while you actually do the thing you've been putting off, it might not always feel great. Tip number seven is stop chasing perfectionism. <laughs> I really have come to understand that sometimes procrastination can lead to perfectionism or can be driven by perfectionism. Sometimes we want things to be perfect. We want things to be just so. We wanna wait for the perfect motivation, the perfect time, the perfect inspiration. And a lot of the time, this is simply to avoid shame, judgment or failure. And on this quest to avoid the shame, 
we procrastinate. So instead of trying to avoid the shame of or judgment or failure and to avoid getting it perfect, the thing that I find the most useful is just to commit to 50%, just 50%, that's all. I'm gonna commit to it being 50% good or I'm gonna commit to it being 50% done. So not perfect, I might not be committing here to doing it all, or I might not be committing here to doing it all perfectly, but I'm just gonna commit to 50%. Once you do, once you commit to just 50%, actually you've done the hardest part, which is usually starting it in the first place. And once you realize, once you're into it, and you realize, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be, you, you start giving yourself evidence that, oh, I can do this and I can do this better than I thought I could do it, or I actually can do this and I can get more of it done than I actually thought I was going to, by giving yourself that 50% permission slip, it really helps. That was where this podcast was born from. I gave myself a 50% permission slip. That is my honest truth. I had put the podcast off, put it off, put it off, put it off. When I just sat down and went, okay, I'm just gonna commit to recording half a podcast and I'm gonna commit to it being 50% good, then you gain momentum from there and you realize, oh, I can do it. I was just putting it off. I was just trying to avoid shame. That's the thing with perfectionism. We all intellectually understand that being perfect isn't achievable. I don't think that logic, I don't think that intellect stops us from avoiding it. I really don't. I think that the reasons that you're avoiding doing the thing might be because you want to get it perfect and you might go into all or nothing, but it's to avoid the feeling, not the logic. It's to avoid the feeling. That 50% thing, give it a go. (laughs) It works. Okay, and the last tip that I've got for you today on procrastination is to know yourself. Are there times where you're more likely to procrastinate that aren't anything to do with the task, but it's more to do with you and where you're at? So for example, I know for me, when I am hormonal, when I am tired, when I have not eaten very well and therefore my blood sugar levels are like up and down, up and down, up and down, I find personally that I procrastinate most when these things are going on. And also I find that I procrastinate most when I am approaching burnout. And I approach burnout when I haven't put time in consistently and honored that time to recharge myself, which is a real vicious cycle because the reason that I skip that time, that recharge, is because I feel like I have so much to do, but then I can't get the stuff done because I haven't got the energy to do it because I haven't recharged. So so it's a real cycle. So the only thing that you can do is to build in the discipline of not reaching that burnout and avoiding the burnout. And so therefore you have to build in the discipline of recharging yourself with what we would call self-care regularly. And I get so many leaders and professionals really fighting with me about this. You know, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for the self-care. And I think we all get to a point in our journey where we realise actually by not prioritising that on a consistent basis, it is actually biting me in the bum. So yeah, the last thing is, I suppose, while it's not a tip, the last thing I want to say on this is do yourself a favour and stop applying guilt and shame on top of what is already going on. In one of my voice notes with a beautiful friend um, and previous client of mine, we were talking about the fact that she'd been procrastinating and putting things off. And in my response to her, I said, can you stop spreading shit on shit? (laughs) 
something where we both had a good old giggle about it but it is true we are spreading shit on top of shit in that we're beating ourselves up and then beating ourselves up for beating ourselves up stop like i said at the beginning there is brain science at play here um so on the brain science bit inside your brain there is the prefrontal cortex and this is the rational decision making part of your brain so if you're in thrive together This is the part of your brain that you use when you're power planning. Some people call it your higher selves um, and the calm part of your brain or the wise owl. But essentially, this is just the part of us that we can access when we're not flustered, when we're calm and we're in that planning mode. And then we have the limbic system, which is often referred to as the monkey. And sometimes the monkey hijacks the calm decision maker. And that's why we chase the instant gratification, which is why if you've been finding yourself wandering into the kitchen or scrolling on Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever, you're doing that for a reason. Your brain is trying to chase a nice hit of dopamine. So just wanted to finally say as a final note, don't give yourself a hard time. If you're listening to this episode and going, oh my God, like this is me. Don't spread shit on shit. Don't (laughs) just forgive yourself. When you think of past procrastination, don't allow yourself to then hold on to that identity and then carry it through and carry it through. You can just forgive yourself for the procrastination that you have done. Forgive yourself, let it go. It's it's not you, it's just what's going on at the moment. So to summarise, we have had, number one, you're always going to have a problem. So decide which problem you'd rather have. Number two, assess if there's some identity stuff going on. Three, stop defending your procrastination problem to mask the real stuff, the real problem. Four, discipline and simplify. Five, accountability. Six, prepare for your distractions. Seven, stop chasing perfection. And eight, know thyself. I hope that these tips and me sharing some of the experiences that I think that we can all relate to has really, really helped you today and that you've been able to listen to this and take from it the things that are gonna impact you in your life and business the most. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did making it. Of course, it goes without saying, I'll link all of the resources in the show notes. And if there was a particular tip that resonated with you the most, screenshot this podcast now and tag me over in your social media platform of choice, letting me know what it is that resonated with you most. I do have a favour to ask before you go. It would mean the world to me if you'd take a minute or two just to rate and review this podcast. And if you can think of another leader that would benefit from hearing the episode, why don't you share it with them too? Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you in the next episode.